welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Luga the Barbarian, joined by my co-host, Light, the Light-Fingered Thief. So, Lobar, I've been rooting around, and I think I found some interesting magazines here from Dragon, actually. What? These are these are a little old at this time. How old is this one? This one, well, it's uh, issue number 197, right? And it was from September of 1993. So not quite 29 years old, but but I think the age is interesting when it comes to the article I'd like to discuss. <laughs> right, because uh, this was... Pretty much uh, pre-internet days, correct? So, Well, I'm glad you brought that up because it's not the article that I want to discuss. The one we're going to discuss is Perils and Postage about gaming via snail mail, essentially. Snail mail. It's so low guard. Do you, do you still have stamps? At, do you have stamps at your house? <laughs> I do. I do. I have stamps. We, we do have to mail things occasionally. Okay. <laughs> and, and most of the time, though, when I'm mailing stuff, it's a thing, an object, like a book or something. And I have to go to the, the post office to take care of that. But here they do have. So Perils and Post is what we're going to talk about is all about playing by mail. They also have a really interesting one here about playing by BBS, Bulletin Board Systems. I wanted to just note that because this came out in 93. The BBS was, I'm not familiar with BBS. I didn't have a computer in 1993. I didn't own a personal computer until the 2000s. But so I am familiar with BBSs because I, you know, I did access those back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s as well. Well, according to what I checked out, it is a bulletin board systems. And from what I was reading, 1994 and 95 was what really when dial-up dial internet became widely available and started happening. I didn't get internet in my home for another decade after that. <laughs> but it, but what it, it looks like is that now we want to play long distance. We can just go online. And they were starting to do that then, but it wasn't something that everyone had access to still in the early 90s. So we may have listeners that don't remember the early 90s or weren't born in the early 90s. You probably have a ton of listeners, too, that remember it very well. Gen Xers is like us and stuff like that. You know, the mid-90s, things were very much changing. And internet access wasn't widely available. The internet is, wasn't what it grew to be, a lot of the stuff that was there. So playing via internet wasn't as practical because not everyone had a computer to join in. So perils and postage... They talk about people playing by mail. And I remember this happening when it was going on. It was never a thing I got into or thought about getting into, but I'm curious to know about it. It's just like a peak in history. So Gary Gygax used to play uh, by mail, you know, in, in the seventies through the eighties as well too. in many, many games. I never did it. <laughs> and when I looked at this article, I was like, how would I do that? First thing that came to my mind was, was combat it's like we're used to doing combat i roll you roll we go around the tables like yeah, if you got to make a mail send a mail every time you know write a whole new oh i rolled a 20 <laughs> that wouldn't work <laughs> no you would need to streamline certain mechanics of the game obviously i want to i'm going to a quick outline of things that i thought were interesting in reading this and perils and posters talks about one of the best ways to do it is adapt an existing campaign seems to be the easiest when you have people that already know what's going on in the world and others move away you keep the campaign going via the postage mail sending out letters 
it talks about combat and things like that. There's a shift to a story focused game where story becomes the central point of the game. Also establishing a new campaign that talks about being harder, whereas you have to go in and explain the world and the details of the world, detailing limited areas and, and start with by like limited areas like towns or villages, where places where you're beginning and start there. Um, also, after establishing the setting, you need to detail things like people, rulers, races, languages, deviations from the standard expectations, laws, customs, the availability of different things like weapons, magic, supplies, and all that stuff. You need to make sure you kind of get everything down for the players to know what they're doing ahead of time. I'm sure you can type it up on a typewriter. People had computers and PCs at the time. They weren't as, like I said, they weren't as widely, they weren't in everybody's living room and house like they are now. I'm sure that if I were to do it, I would be writing it on notepaper because I'm still writing most everything on notepaper. So it was interesting because one of the things they talked about in terms of this is um, you do more descriptive narrative role-playing, R-O-L-E. However, if there are people that enjoyed combats with dice rolling, they did suggest that you pre-roll like 20 numbers and send those in. And then the DM could just go down the line and pick through your numbers as you needed to use them. So that was one way they got around, just like you said, oh, I need to do a combat attack. Well, I'm going to write one number and, and mail it in. Well, no, they wrote a bank of numbers and then sent it to the DM. That way there'd be a bank of numbers ready for the DM to go through. Yeah, they also talked about there being two types of combat. Uh, one is the simple combat where the DM resolves. It's fight or die combat. And you just assume that you're using your strongest attack. And then for more complete fights, there's a description of the situation and you're going to, you're going to kind of give your instructions kind of thinking about what I would do if, and stuff like that. So giving the different options and kind of responding in more anticipation, a little more thought out than sitting around the table, responding immediately. You've got time to write it down and consider the situation more so than an immediate game. So there are going to be some changes like that to doing combat and the way that they're describing and telling you, directing you to do it. Uh, Based on your current situation for each move, you need to supply your characters immediate long and short term goals. It says moves should keep into account as many contingencies that you can think of. (laughs) Yes. And overall party actions should be determined by the majority. Yeah. I think that's going to be tricky for some folks because, you know, everyone wants to have a say at the table or in this case, a, um, a virtual, not even a virtual table. <laughs> it's, there is no table. Yeah. Around the mail, around the on mailbox, the maybe. On the paper. <laughs> yeah. on, on the paper at the mailbox. So, you know, when the majority of the party has all of their actions in, the DM is going to have to go with that. You know, they're not going to be able to wait for the last one person or two people in. So, you know, there could be some people that are dragging a little behind or may feel left behind because of that. Because, you know, let's say, we're playing on the East Coast, but there's one player on the West Coast. Well, his mail is probably not going to show up at the same time for his actions as some of the players on the East Coast, right? Just because of distance. So and I'm sure you got to wait for everybody's stuff to come in before you can really respond with everything. So it's going to be a timelier type of game, but you can do it anytime you have free time as well. And you can start writing and preparing. And like they said, predicting what, oh, if this happens, it's going to probably be more, if this happens, this will happen. And people responding right. in that way talks about who to invite. It's it really kind of emphasized doing smaller parties. One to two, three seemed to be the sweet spot that they were suggesting. 
uh, and lot being very informative in the writing and telling everybody make lists of guidelines, house rules and stuff. When you're getting ready to do this, everybody's on the same page. Right. Um, and whatever restrictions or points and stuff like that, that you need to have laid out in order to continue to play. One thing they said is that going off the rails is a little bit easier when you're doing something like this, because you have more time to think about it and respond when the party goes off the map and stuff like that, which I thought was interesting because when I first started going into it, I was thinking that going off the rails might be a little more difficult because you got such, such a widespread of folks, but I can see how it would be easier to respond without having to improvise at that moment. So for some DMs, it may be a better way to approach it and do it. Yeah, I think um, everyone has their own style, right? So <laughs> do oh, it yeah. this way. You're in the free free flow for sure because you're going to have to because you don't have everybody giving you input at the same time. <laughs> it goes on. It kind of gives you your based on your current situation, the moves. It tells you how the moves need to count as many contingencies as possible. We went over that. Once your results are in, you have more time to respond. And hack and slack combat is the least interesting thing to do this way. I think that overall, I'm curious. I don't know how I don't know how I would have enjoyed it. It seems like reading a novel. <laughs> it's it, well, like, yeah, it's in, gonna... in a sense, reading and writing a novel collaboratively is the way it seems to me. Oh, so maybe this is like the precursor to like uh, microscope in a way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's an interesting approach to gaming. Now. I'm going to put out there like bulletin boards and stuff like that started their own type of gaming and role playing that a lot of people got into in the early 2000s, especially. I know some of the late 90s, but I, I think that really once computers and Internet started booming by 2000 and stuff like that, I think that became way more popular. Yeah. So obviously, when I was growing up, I was on the bulletin boards and stuff and the bulletin boards, you know, you're the, like you said, you had to call in with your with a modem from your house phone and then that would block the whole house phone. And then you can post stuff on there. So, you know, the bulletin boards led to the internet, to websites, to, you know, today we can play by post on online bulletin boards, essentially. So this is the precursor to the uh, play by post on the internet now. So I like how things have uh, evolved with technology, but the gameplay still can be very similar, even if you're we're playing by mail or playing play by post, obviously with the, internet you can connect a lot faster now <laughs> oh yeah and the beauty of being able to do a play-by-post in the internet age is that you don't have to wait those days for it to go across country or to wherever it's going to respond you can literally respond within the same day to people brilliant awesome i think at this point we had talked about kind of dabbling in some of that with our game group and seeing how playing by put meant not by mail because i don't want to buy the stamps and that seems like a lot but being able to respond Maybe when I'm taking a smoke break, I can pull up where it is we're posting and try it out. I've never done any bulletin board role playing or stuff like that, but I know a lot of people that got into that big time. I knew a few people that played by mail back in the day. I didn't, and it wasn't something that I was ever in looking into doing because I, I usually had a game group and we could just sit down and play our game. I mean, you know, again, there's pros and cons to in-person uh, versus play by mail or play by post, you know, for our game group, I'm going to try to start up a play by post. That way we can include people from different time zones, even more, you know, I have a friend over in Scotland that we don't always get to play with, but with play by post, guess what? It works. We have uh, another friend over in the West coast, you know, she'll be able to join play by post as well too. 
because of the time zone differences don't matter when you can uh, drop in any time onto a bulletin board. Definitely. If you got, I could see people who had really busy schedules back in the pre-internet days, getting into mail games as well. Maybe they were close to some of their players, but Hey, I got the kids. I got work. I got these meetings. I got my anniversary. I got all these things going on. Wife and family, husband, whatever. It's hard to get time for games sometimes. And I can see it being ideal for that. I think it's an interesting, this, this issue itself, this dragon mag is a really interesting, just look back in time, uh, seeing the, them discuss the bulletin boards that were kind of pre internet ish before yeah. the internet became what we want. You know, this is before windows 95, which was a big, a this big was DOS. changer. Yeah. <laughs> this was uh, this was DOS. So I remember the DOS days. <laughs> so I remember them. I remember seeing computers at people's houses. I had friends who were into them because especially certain uh, I'm trying to think of a better word, but certain nerds were into those big (laughs) I was a book nerd. I was not a technology nerd. Video games and computers were not things that I dabbled in early. I spent my time at libraries picking up books or looking at game books or comic books. That was always my nerd realm was a physical book in front of me reading through it. But perhaps because of that, I probably would have enjoyed a play by mail game more. So I wrote a lot growing up. And at this time I was writing all kinds of little short stories and stuff like that for myself. Uh, Maybe I would have really gotten into a play by mail game when I was younger in the early nineties. But I think that I would have probably liked it if I gave it a try. I, for some reason, I think, I, I, I had heard about it and I just never had a reason to try it out or a desire to or a need because I usually had someone around to play with some of the other kids. We may not have had a lot of friends at the school when we were younger, but we had enough nerdy outcast friends back then to come and play a game of D&D or Rifts or Heroes Unlimited or or whatever game it was we were playing at the time. This was 1993, so yeah, we were definitely playing a lot of riffs at that time. Yeah, I think, um, as you mentioned, there was always a couple of folks within school or whatever it was that would want to play um, RPGs with, and usually there was a gaming society for each of the, you know, in, in different schools, so you'd find people to play and didn't have to, um, you know, do play-by-mail, so... It's one of those that, um, you know, in today's modern era, play by post, you know, I think is um, an interesting experiment that we'll try out here. And then, you know, if any listeners ever play by mail, I'd be curious to hear from them and see what worked and what, what didn't work. Just for those of you that have been listening, this was Dragon Magazine issue number 197 from 1993, Perils and Postage. PBM Gaming, number one, how to run your favorite role-playing game by mail. We'll have to find number two. Is that, that wasn't in this issue. There's a lot of stuff in this issue that we haven't got over. Well, yet, but. PBM number two was the second article by mail or by modem. Oh, was it? So we did talk about the first two at least. Yeah, yeah, All correct. Right. So if you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, give us a positive review wherever you're listening. Those of you that have, thank you very much. It's been a great help. You can find us online at wobbliesandwizards.com or on Facebook. Just search Wobblies and Wizards. We're kind of active on Facebook. We'll respond. I've just started a Patreon to try to help and kind of compensate some of the costs for doing this, the server bills and, and the other accounts that we've had to open up to record through 
different things. So patreon.com backslash wobblies and wizards spelled out as one word. Any help that you could give would be greatly appreciated. If you enjoy having a podcast, daily podcast about role-playing games, stop on there and give us some support. And I'm on Twitter at Logar Hale Crom and keep those dice rolling. And if you play by post or play by mail, know that the DM is watching you all the time. So don't cheat your rose. And, and, and keep, keep licking those stamps. <laughs>